This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Carter podcast you are here listening with Piper Carter and our token millennial what's up Brittany Piper Carter so what's good man so um we should probably like get just all the way into what you wanted to talk to talk about how much fun I had at the game last night which game the Pistons game the The Pistons the last playoff game it was the last playoff game okay so now tell me about okay let's start with Let's just start with the game. Let's start there. Okay. Tell uh, me about it. So they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks, who, God, I'm going to be so mad at myself when I hear this. 
they were either one or two in the Eastern Conference, leading the Eastern Conference. So it wasn't expected for Detroit to really beat them. One, because they have Guyanis, who is amazing. He is, they call him Greek the Freak, because he's like super tall, super amazing. He gets to the bucket, gets to the basket anytime he wants. So they weren't really expected to do much, but I think people were at least expecting Detroit to try to win at least one game. Um, but unfortunately, we got swept, and that happened last night. They started off pretty hot. They led going into the second half. Uh, Blake Griffin was playing with a knee brace. Uh, so he was, like, playing basically with, like, one knee and still, like, played. So when it got to the second half, uh, I mean, it was at the point where people were saying, Rep, you suck. Like, we all were chanting it. Like, Where were you sitting? Uh, I think I was section 103. Where is that girl? Nobody know where that is. <laughs> oh, like behind the like behind the basket. It's behind the basket. So behind Is that close? Yeah, it was pretty cool. You're pretty close. So you could see everything? Yeah, but no no doubt like whatever Detroiters do, like there's never to me a bad seat in any Detroit sports. Yes, arena. there is. Really? At the Palace? I mean, not the Palace. What's that thing called? The Little Caesar Pizza Arena? Yeah, that's where it was. Girl. Really? I told you when I went to see Michelle Obama. I oh, thought. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different, though. Like, yeah, okay, so the seats aren't bad, but the steps and stuff, oh, my God, they're horrible. Scary. Yeah, they're like, so steep. Yeah. Okay, but back to the Pistons. So. Yeah, so so basically, the refs, okay, let's just say Guyanis, Milwaukee Bucks, I think, went to the free throw line 30 times, and Detroit went to the free throw line 12. So mm-hmm. that like stat shows that they got more calls than Detroit mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it looked literally at one point like the game was like completely rigged. Mm-hmm. Like the fans literally were so upset. Like we were all Any fights at break the out? No fights broke out, but it literally was a physical game. Could you tell like who was it mostly Detroit that was yeah, at the game? It was mostly Detroit. Milwaukee was spread like there was a couple Milwaukee Buck fans, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they were from Detroit or not, but they were like definitely decked out in like all Milwaukee Bucks. Ben Wallace was there. That was super mm. cool. Like it was so funny, like from where I was sitting, like I could where see. Where was he sitting? He was sitting like in the middle of the court, court side. Really? Yeah. And so like he was, was sitting. Was he trying to know, like get back in and play? <laughs> no, he was super <laughs> chill. But he looked so good. He got a like a white beard. Okay. Super in shape. Like you know, everyone loves that 04 basketball team. I don't care if you're like Chauncey Billups. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you were like the water boy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, stuff, they, they it was did great energy. Great energy. To Yo, that's team. what I'm telling you. When I lived in New York City, yeah, I would go over my friend Adrian's house. She's from Oakland. Shout she had bought Adrian. a house. Uh-huh. And I would go over there and we'd watch the games. We would like cook food mm-hmm. and we'll watch the games. And, you know, I, of course, was always rooting for Detroit. <laughs> and she mostly loved like Cali teams and stuff like that. Warriors, West Coast and yeah, all that. Lakers. And then, but she would occasionally root for like, you know, the Knicks and things like that. I always would root for the Pistons like the whole time. And then we'd always win. We won everything. Then I moved to Detroit in 2008 with this janky Allen Iverson that messed up the whole team. Ooh. And I was so. <laughs> Shout out to AI. Wait. So, wait, wait, wait. Real quick. So Detroit Pistons literally are the metaphor to how we as humans are in life. Like 88, 89, they had now, like, that was the team. They had an listen, they had an amazing team. That was the team. They win two championships and then they trade one player and they mess the complete team chemistry up. So, Which is like the antithesis of a team if you actually oh think about God. it. Oh my god. 
But at the same time, there is something to the chemistry of a team that um, holds truth. 88 and 89 and 04 literally are reflections of each other. Like the team. Yeah. The team. That, the Those team are my team. Had. Yeah. Those are my teams. And so and then, I love the Pistons. Those and, are my team. So after 88, 89, it was like Jerry Stack. Oh, was, excuse me. Grant Hill, you know, superstar. They tried to like find that one. Why one did superstar. they bring Grant Hill to the Pistons? He just didn't belong remember, on the team. I don't remember if Grant got traded or drafted. Mm-hmm. It just re- doesn't make sense. He didn't Grant really was, like belong on that team. He, I agree from a sense of just the style. The Pistons have always been a five, a five person, five person uh, game versus a one, one and four game. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like not definitely, yeah. And so. They they tried Grant Hill, they tried Jerry Stackhouse, they even tried Mateen Cleaves, who graduated from Michigan State. Like that one and four, like that one superstar, and then the yeah, four other players. No, no. And then uh, that works on the West Coast. Yeah, or bigger markets where they can really bring in like a, a major superstar. Chicago. Like, yeah, Chicago, New York, mm-hmm. uh Lakers. But even in New York, they never they, they Pat- had Patrick Ewing. True, after that, true, true. Their teams always suck. True. They brought in Carmelo Anthony that in, that backfired. Did, so how I said the 04 Pistons and mm-hmm. the 88-89 Pistons ref, are reflections. Mm-hmm. Literally, the Pistons and the New York Knicks are also reflections of each other because New York goes through these cycles. They try to get like the one and four. They player, always suck, and then they their trade. cycle is to suck. Well, they. The, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Shout out to J.R. Smith, but the they had before they got Carmelo, like they had Gallinari. They had like anytime. They just suck. Anytime you guys have literally been playoff New York, I, I know you New York and Detroit, but anytime New York Knicks have had like been playoff ready, they've dismantled the team to get. No, a that's what I'm saying. New York team, like it just sucks. The New York basketball, New York basketball franchise sucks. But I'm you not guys gonna might, blame the team. You guys I'm not gonna blame get, the team. You guys might get Zion Williamson. Uh, it don't matter. Let me tell you, they <laughs> keep New York franchise sucky, just for you to get your. New York basketball franchise is for you to get your hopes up and for them to kill and, them. And what's crazy is, is where I was sitting last night, it cost 100 bucks for two tickets. Who'd you take? My boo. Okay. I mean, you could have took your mom or your oh, friend that's true. or anything that's like true. that. true. But the point I'm making is where we were sitting last night mm-hmm. for a playoff game should have been like $1,000. Like, that shows you the difference in the market. In New mm-hmm. York, that would have been like three. $3,000. Like for $100, mm. at a, even if the New York, even when New York is at their worst. Which is always. The seats to sit anywhere in the lower are crazy. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. Tell us about the season. Okay. So the season had. Because this okay, ended so the season last this night, ended right? the season. So let's, let's go back to Blake Griffin. When he got traded to Detroit, I think almost two years ago, the first emoji he put was the big eyes. Like he can, no one could believe that it shocked the world that Blake Griffin from came from the L.A. Clippers. So Blake Griffin has played for the Clippers. So he's an L.A. dude. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So and, you mean that to say what in terms of his basketball style? Uh, just he's not the type of player that you would have expected Detroit to bring to this market. And why? Like, what type of player is he? <sighs> like, not to say. Okay, so he's the. Let's start. Blake is known for being injury prone. But he's like, you see him on the Kia commercials. Like, he's a superstar outside of him being a basketball player. It just was an unexpected move. So, But you're saying that it's unexpected because of which reason, though? Um, one, because it came out of nowhere. Like, it was 
we really we have Andre Drummond. He is our big guy. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird that they would choose to have like a two a two man post game. Like from that aspect, and mm-hmm. also Blake Griffin is again from you know it just was an unexpected move. It just entirely because no one expected to for if Detroit goes after no one really expected to for Detroit to go after a superstar, let alone Blake Griffin. However, when you look at the science behind it, them moving into the new arena, them needing to fill up, yeah, fill 20, it up. You know, you got to bring somebody here. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the Pistons core again, going back to the eighty nine oh four, our mm-hmm. core energy that because it's just Detroit, it's crazy how stuff correlates. Well, also too with those two teams. In particular, there were nobody was actually like a superstar. They were Correct. they made themselves superstars as like a team. So it's, it like Isaiah Thomas was known, but as a member of a team, it Correct. wasn't like he Correct. wasn't on no Jordan thing. Correct. So even when people talk about Isaiah Thomas, they always talk about the team. When people talk about Jordan, they speak about Jordan as an individual, as this extraordinary individual. When they talk about Chauncey Billups, it's as a team. Yeah. You know, so 100% it's just agree. interesting. Even, even though, right, like people love Isaiah Thomas, people Agreed. love Chauncey Billups, but the thought process about them yeah. is within the construct of their team. And it's so Detroit. That's the crazy part, yeah. right? Isn't yeah. that, doesn't that like match who we are as a city like kind that? Kind of. I feel like Detroiters want everybody to think they're team players. But think about but for Motown. real, they be on some selfishness. <laughs> that's, that's every city. That's every, that's every city. But think about the concept of Motown. Okay, you know what I mean, like, in terms of what of community of it was a it took it was like a village it, it took yeah. a village to 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 get those celebrities. Right. I mean, to get those uh, uh-huh. singers to that point. It wasn't just Barry Gordy. Like when you think right, of Motown, right. you think of. I mean, we talk sit and talk to your mom, like yeah. she, you know, she how she broke it down, like yeah. even in her role, like she had like three roles, so yeah. she, she she helped the artists in different capacities, like yeah. so it's it's the it's that it's that Detroit energy that where if we all come in and we use our resources the right way, mm-hmm. we can do things on different levels. So I think our sports teams mimic that, like even with the hockey team, even with the Tigers, even anyway. Back to Detroit. So Blake Griffin comes here. And at the end, like kind of like at the, uh, I'd say he was, he, he came last year. Um, and so like he came probably, I think after all-star break, please all the Pistons fans, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I haven't done my good journalism job. I'm going <laughs> off the cusp, but, um, so he comes here and we ended the season decently. Like we did, it didn't, it didn't shift. It didn't move. Mm-hmm. A, it didn't move us in a direction like. Right away. Just one, because it wasn't, to me personally, I love Blake Griffin, but I just don't think he's the player for this market, per what we're talking about, how Detroit is built when it comes to success. So then we get Dwayne Casey. Okay. Shout out to uh, Coach Dwayne Casey. He came from Toronto Raptors, which is an elite elite, uh, East Coast team. Yeah. And he's a black dude. So Mm -hmm. super smart, super talented, great on uh, getting, you know, I like like coaches who know how to coach point guards. Detroit Mm -hmm. is always good, too. When they have a strong point guard, Chauncey Billups, Isaiah Thomas, yeah. to your point. Yeah. So he knows how to develop those type of uh, players. Thank mm-hmm. God they got rid of Van Gundy, who made the move for Blake Griffin. Right. Out of, I think, uh, I don't know, I think that was just a bad move. I like mm-hmm. Blake, but again, I think, you know, now he's here for three years, whatever it is, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. He has literally given Detroit, since he's been here, 150%, by the way. So this year, there was a little bit of more expectations because we got Blake Griffin for a whole season. We got mm-hmm. a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think the Pistons started off really, really, really good. I okay. think they, they started off with good energy. Mm-hmm. Our backcourt, I like Reggie Jackson some nights. So mm-hmm. to me, I think he could be a little bit more of a consistent player. I think he over dribbles. I think, again, the true Detroit system, just the energy itself shows that the ball has to be moving. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like my dad says, defense creates offense. A good mm-hmm. defensive team will create a good offensive run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my only beef with Reggie Jackson. So we started off the season pretty well. I think it's also part of Pistons history, like a lot of East Coast teams. Uh, they go up and down roller coaster mm-hmm, season, but mm-hmm. in a the even though LeBron James has gone west, mm-hmm. the East is still very competitive. So there's mm-hmm. no room to go up and down. So we were about fifth or sixth seat for the whole season as far as making the playoffs, being one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight. We were fifth, sixth towards the end of the season after All Star break. Mm-hmm. We started losing way too many games, and mm-hmm. it we were in a battle to even make the playoffs. Why? Why do you think Detroit was losing so much? Uh. One, because, uh, again, it's about chemistry. I think that it's tough on most nights, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, for player a player like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin to play together. Um, I, I don't think that their energy, their energy matches. Um, so I, you think it took, like, a little bit of, like, getting used to? Um, that, yeah, I think, I, I think. Or you think it was just, like, oil and water? I think it's oil and water. Okay. I think it's. I think. I think it, as as time goes on, unless Dwayne Casey this summer studies a lot of film and sees, you know, if they don't make any bigger trades and they decide to keep Andre Drummond, they decide to keep Blake Griffin, and maybe make a few, uh, few trades here and there. I think is unless they make a big move or a couple moves that just make sense as far as for chemistry, yeah. he's gonna have to study a lot of film to in, to see how to get them to work together better. Mm. Andre Drummond, Drummond takes too many plays off. For me, like, mm-hmm. um, I think he's a great rebounder. I think he's a great resource on the defensive end. Like we talk about defensive wins the games. I think offensively, he questions himself a little bit. Missing like last night, he missed two or three dunks. Mm. Um, he was missing layups. Oh, um, to me, he got a little bit do comfortable. Do you think that he, do you think that that's due to maybe lack of, sleep or lack of practice it could be it could be i i don't i know andre because that because those aren't when you see people missing like layups dunks maybe not so much but layups seems as though people are not getting enough rest or so um 82 games you know, 82 games is a lot of games that's, the, that's what the nba season runs mm-hmm. um you know but that starts to show you people who have playoff experience. The Pistons, as a as, at that team, don't yeah. have a lot of strong playoff experience, and I think mm. you so know you, you they need some playoff practices. No, not playoff practices. It's mm-hmm. a it's a, like life. It's a mentality. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta. And Dwayne Casey's a good coach. You know what I mean. He he will probably be able to. He's been to the the Eastern Conference Finals. What like three or four three or four years straight with the Toronto Raptors. So so that's probably why they got him. Yeah yeah. So they're like, look, we need a ring. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a minute unless they make, again, unless Dwayne Casey really takes the time and really takes a look at what talent he has and uses it to the best of his ability. Cause it's, Is it it's, all on him, though? It's not all on him. It it, it There's a little bit, again, um, they let, so Van Gundy was also the general manager and a coach, so he had two positions. So basically, mm-hmm. he coached the talent and brought the was over bringing the talent in. Mm-hmm. So now that I think that they're separate positions, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not sure who holds that position now. And the owner is pretty hands-on. He was on the, at the game last night. He was like being asked questions like, 
you know, do you guys, should you guys have tanked instead of making the playoffs, like, so you could get a better draft pick? His thing is, is no, like, I'm here for the challenge. There's some things we're going to do. So I think it's a good culture. I think the culture is changing. I think now that they're in the arena, they see that the Detroit Pistons, fan, fan, Detroit fans in general, uh, travel with them to the Little Caesars Arena. I think that they're going to work on some things, um, getting more people at, you know, at the games. But in order, in order to get people at the games consistently, you have to win. You have to win, especially in this yeah. type of market. So I think that they are up for the challenge. I mm-hmm. think the Detroit Pistons are naturally a great organization. Historically, yeah. they're a great organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they've also taken on a challenge of getting into the community. I love that about them. I think yeah. now that they're back in the city, that's a, that's a, that's a huge accountability to live up to. And I think mm-hmm. that they're trying to live up to it. Um, so I say that to say, I think that there's opportunity for them to uh, get better. I think that this season was a lot of the reports, a lot of the journalism reports, even uh, in, in, in home local reports were saying that the season wasn't a failure. But it wasn't as good as people predicted mm-hmm. with the co- new coach and then with having Blake. So then we have to see what happens during the practice season. Yeah, we have to see what happens with the draft, who we're able to pick up, even though, we, again, we made the playoffs. So our lottery, we're not going to have as many balls going into the lottery to get, get you know, getting the wrong I mean, picks. If but. they just literally spent all this money on a superstar player, then it it wouldn't really make sense to spend a lot of money on another superstar player, it would make more sense to have them doing some really strategic drills like in practice and working together, working on their chemistry, working on their plays, working on their strategies, like really honing in as a team. And and they just spend all this money on a superstar if the if the package or if the special sauces teamwork then it would make sense to like really spend more time in practices like nurturing some of those other leaders like nurturing some of the other players so that because basketball is a very you know it's one of those sports where it's real simple but you just gotta like be paying attention and look for openings and things like that and high IQ yeah if you're you know, making simple errors, then it means that you're like, you got other stuff going on. You're not focused on basketball. That's, that's a good point. Because, because you're base because like for the most part of it, when you practice your basic game, your basic game is tight. If you're missing like a lot of simple things in your basic game, it means that you're, you're not there. You're not focused. You're not, you're not on your game. Yeah. you're someplace else, you're doing other things, and like the priority of the game itself has like escaped your, you know, your priority list. So to me, like if I was a coach or an owner or whatever, I'll be like, look, our number one priority is these practices and y'all getting some type of sleep. And whatever the other like extracurricular stuff y'all got going on, y'all businesses, y'all this, y'all that. Mm. Understand that that's the type of thing y'all have to figure out how to budget your time to, like, get done. But, like, for this three years, you know, and I guess that's just, you know, looking at it, like, if 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 basketball is, like, your main focus. You definitely can tell, like, the, the you know, people, people say it. Jordan is borderline schizophrenic, but he wins. 
when they say that, I mean, when you OCD, uh, board, you know, mental, only thing you think about is basketball and winning. That's like how that's, you win. That's how. That's the only thing that's on your mind. You're the last. That's person how in you this. win, though. And shout out to and shout shout out to Ben Wallace mm-hmm. when they won in 04, I got the DVD like mm-hmm. that. You know that followed them, and that, mm-hmm. I watched it like every single day. And literally, all his teammates and coaching staff talked about how he was the first person in the gym. He consistently followed the same workout schedule. Mm-hmm. He was the last person that left the gym. That's how you win. It's winning. For real, for real, is literally consistency. Yeah. And that's in anything, whether it's a sport, business, working out, life, your family. Yeah. You know, cooking, winning and being great is literally creating a pattern where you do the same thing like of a billion, bedillion times and until it's so natural and then when you get into a pressure situation, like a game, like a playoff, there is no like, um, oh my God, there is, but not with the little stuff. I'm with you. It's going to be with some other stuff, like some unexpected stuff. Yeah. But if you're missing like your basics, if you're messing up on your basics, that's your practice. Yeah. Your practice is not tight. That's with anything. Yeah. That's like if you are, you know, some type of scientist and you're and you add it up. You know what I'm saying? Your mm-hmm. addition is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's just like with anything. So I don't know. We'll see what what they do. Like good luck to the good luck to the Pistons though. Yeah, I love the Pistons. Shout out to the Pistons. Shout out to Blake Griffin for playing injured. Shout out to everybody. Even see, you drumming. Shout out to, shout out to all <laughs> I mean, shout out to you for playing injured, but that's horrible. I know, I know. You know, I hope you. Uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good some run. healing. Yeah, some healing. So yeah, that's oh thing. Let's send some energy to his joints and his muscles. Yes, send some energy. And he shouted out. You know, he shouted out all last night. He took the time and spoke with all the journalists. And like I was telling you earlier. Oh yeah. What were you saying about that? He uh, was in a room. And they, after they got all the media got done interviewing, he took, they had footage of him going around and shaking everyone's hands, mm-hmm. like even assistants saying, thank you for your time. Thank you for covering us. Thank you for giving us, mm. you know, thank you. Cause there's a, there's a lot of theory that, you know, that a media at this point in all walks of life, whether it be politics, whether it be fashion, whether it be sports are taking a huge hit because of the fake news right mm. and so I think a lot of people are forgetting that people have gone to school for journalism a lot of people have forgotten that you know the media is is the is the is the bridge the gap of getting people in the seats mm. so a lot of the NBA players have been taking flack for um how they address the media um if they even address the media at all then the media feels like hey you're disrespectful we help you you know, but then the NBA players feel like, okay, but you ask us silly questions, you you bait us, you trigger us, you know, we just lost yeah, the game. Yeah, they're trying to get some likes and some, some people to read the news. And so the media is like, whatever, uh, stop being so sensitive, you know, this is part of the job. So there's this like, right now in in life, there's this like, rare going on between the media and public figures, let's just say mm-hmm. that. So Blake Griffin doing that, a lot of people felt like was his way of saying, hey, I get it. Shouts out to you. Write about me. 
baby. Keep me on the tip of your pen. But that's real, right? That's, yeah. That's real. That's capitalism. That's real. And so, yeah, the I thought that was different. family. I thought it was different because Westbrook in another world, Oklahoma Thunder, we're not going to get into it because we'll be talking about basketball all day with me. But he's been taking a lot of flack specifically for a media person saying, hey, asking a basketball-related question, like, or some me saying to you, pay Piper, when you zoomed in on this footage here, you know, what scale, I don't know, were you using? And you go, next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, people are asking him not, hey, Westbrook, what did you tell your wife when you got home last night? Like, they're not asking him personal questions. They're asking him about the game. And so he's, okay. like, looking at them because he lost, like, next question. Mm. So people, you know, like I said, so I say all this. I mean, but at the end of the day, he's supposed to talk about the game. Yes, he is. And that's why people are trying to like say, okay, you know, this is getting a little bit too crazy now. Like we got to, we got to at least answer the basketball questions. Like Mm -hmm. we get that after the game, like, and, and like I said, people are flawed on both ends, right? The media sometimes can cross the line. We all know that, right? But then also too, like. If it's, it's, you know, it's give and take. It's a basketball, like, let's just zoom out. It's a basketball franchise. It's a capitalist organization. Yeah. Okay. So with that, um, their main goal is to, like, earn money. The way they earn money is, like you said, people paying attention to the game. Well, they pay attention to the game because they like Steph Curry's, you know, precocious daughter. Or (laughs) they like his beautiful wife. And, and and their relationship and things like that. Yeah, it's true. And so, um, just like when, you know, they bait the media with these type of stories, the media is, you know, there to get their coin. And so their coin is nine times out of ten based on, you know, like people, they'll be, they'll be cool with a little bit of, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. positive. But for the most part, people love that little shady janky stuff. <laughs> um, obviously, sports journalism, people want to know about the game. They want to talk about the game. And they want, ideally, they want to hear from their sports figures that they're not emotionally impacted either way. Whether they win or lose. That's the psychology of it for sure, yeah. You know, they want to know like, oh, he was a, you know, such a noble guy. (laughs) Um, He took that loss like a champ. You know, I mean, and and this is why people end up falling in love with a player or not. Usually it's, yeah, because they play really well. But also, too, because when when they don't, they'll say, yeah. I didn't play that well tonight. I had some trouble doing this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And that's the type of athlete that fans love. I'll play devil's advocate. I'll give you Allen Iverson, who I personally love. I love people. I love people who are flawed because I'm flawed. Let's just say, leave it at that. But he even... And his moments of with the media still answered their question. And it's like top five best NBA interviews ever. You know, when he's like, practice? Y'all really up here asking me about practice? You remember? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, even that, like, even what that. What makes that connection. even silly, right? Like, even, you know what I mean? Even that, even that uh, unfiltered 
uh, communication with the media um, is more welcomed in history where the, you know, from a history standpoint, then next question. Well, I maybe, mean, maybe part of it people too, are still talking about it. Right. So maybe not. I don't know. But part of it too, is that people don't, you know, in the, in this day and time, you know, people don't want to lose their cachet, right? Like yeah. there's social media and their clicks and things like that. So if your game is starting to deteriorate, then, or if it deteriorates at any point, there's a possibility that you're going to lose your fans. Now, obviously, you're going to have your actual fans. You right. You know what I'm saying? Die hard no but matter what. sports or entertainment and all that is, you know, it's just a fickle thing where True. people love you when you're winning and they, you know, they're all about you. And then the only ones who love you when you're losing is your wife, your kids, <laughs> and your real fans. And so because, you know, uh, within these franchises is so fickle, right? Like if a player, you know, unless most of these players are expendable to these people. Yeah, they are. Unless it's like a Jordan. And that's the, or Steph Curry at this point. And to the NBA players' argument, that's the way. That's why we act the way we do when we want to do it. You're not going to control me if I don't feel like talking to you. I'm not going to talk to you. That's, oh well. Well, then you're just going to have mediocre fan base. That's on you. You don't want to want to join the, the 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 club. You don't want to want this as your. So the interesting thing is like, sure. How many of these like everybody ain't just going to be no NBA person let's just be very clear that everyone that's a part of the nba is there because they tried really freaking hard and that's exactly what they wanted to do with their life and them and their parents spend all their time energy money and attention to make sure that they were in the nba believe me whether it was basketball camp (laughs) that they paid a bajillion dollars for whether it was college that they fudge their application for. Stop. Whether it's, you know, uh, getting their, getting their them little janky, you know, like bribing teachers to give them grades so they can make it through. Whether it's... Shout like, out to you, mommy. <laughs> really, you know, uh, you know, uh, begging to like be scouted. Like trust and believe every single, even bench players are... On the NBA, because that's exactly what they want to be doing with their life. That just made me think of something. Last thing, this is thirty minutes in, by the way. That's good. Okay, so um, the WNBA, who is sponsored by the NBA, right? Right. It's huge press that the MVP of like the last two or three seasons, maybe even four, salary is fifty six thousand dollars yeah and so of course people are like to your point it's a capitalist it's capitalist yeah environment yeah if you can't bring in the seats like the nba players you're not going to get the millions of dollars let me but tell you something such a huge gap though i think there's still well, let me tell you room something for that gap that. to be filled in people say that let me tell you something i have this argument with people all the time i have this argument with people all the time all this stuff is marketing do you remember um, and not to compare them to this, but do you remember um, what thing was that? Was that the uh, the South Park 
<laughs> Did you used to watch South Park? Uh, you too young, huh? I mean, some stuff I saw the Kanye, gay Kanye. Do you remember Mr. Hanky? Was that South Park? I don't know. Oh my God, what what cartoon? It was one of them cartoons. Family like that. Guy. Nah, it was it was one of these cartoons. It was Mr. Hanky. <laughs> oh, let me look at that, Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky was a turd. He was a piece of doo doo. <laughs> oh God. And Mr. Hanky. Was like popular. What was it? South Park. South Park, right? And he was popular and all that stuff, right? Yeah. People, you know the little turd character? I'm looking at him now. Yeah. That is hilarious. It was huge. He just looks like a black guy. He does. Now, the thing is, he's a doo-doo, though. Yeah, he really is a doo-doo. That is so crazy. So, the thing is, okay, Mm -hmm. people love Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky is doo-doo. Literally, it's doo doo. He's poo. And people love love Mr. Hanky, but they marketed Mr. Hanky to the point where people was talking about how much they love Mr. Hanky. I agree with you. No, this Carter. is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is we're in the age of marketing. I hundred percent. People agree with you. market all types of stuff. Terrible things. No, y'all gonna I'm, y'all about to throw me into the old lady box. But most of the music that we hear is marketed to us and it's freaking terrible i 100 percent horrific horrible just Agreed. not good i don't care what nobody say nobody don't like that music for real but this is the thing marketing is such a powerful tool marketing in and of itself has its origins in uh, nazi germany mm. through uh propaganda so the whole industry of marketing even comes from uh, crafting and creating messages so that people believe this, this truth or this narrative, and then that will mold their behavior. So that's the origins of marketing mm. in and of itself, okay? So anything, anything can be strategically marketed I, and people's behaviors will be formed to support that thing. I have to, with their money, their attention, their mm. likes. Okay. Let's just, let's just put it there. So when people tell me and this fill in the blank. Okay. Uh, you know, women in hip hop, women in the NBA, you know, whatever. I know what you mean. When people tell me all these things, like, don't nobody want to hear this and don't nobody want to hear that. Okay. There's an audience of people, though, that do. And part of what makes everybody love certain things is marketing. 100% agreed. And when a W, I'm going to just be honest, when a WNBA, when they first came out, yeah, like, first, first, first came out, they put some marketing dollars behind it. And so you had the Lisa Leslie's and you had your kind of superstars and people were kind of following them. And then there got to a point, which was what, like after about like four or five years when they said, oh, people have stopped attending games. It really was like after the Detroit shot got traded to Oklahoma, I mean, got shifted to Oklahoma. That was they used like, to pack out the palace. That was what, like, it was four or five years, it right? Was like, it was like literally 02 through like 06. Yeah, it was like four years. Yeah. So once, but my thing is, right? Yeah. 
while all that was being marketed, it was they were in Essence magazine. Mm. They were being invited to the Oscars. They was introducing people at the Grammys. Like lit. Like remember, mm-hmm. like literally, WNBA was like you know being marketed to people, and people were following them, and, and little girls were cutting out their posters and putting them on them. the wall. And huh? I was one of them. So then there, then like around what, 2008, 2007, it just stopped, right? Uh, yeah. Around 2007, like, uh, literally you yeah. just really stopped hearing about WNBA. And then all you really heard was nobody ever goes to the games. But this is my thing. Coca-Cola is like the most popular drink on the earth, right? They still advertise. All the time, everywhere, Great billboards, point, magazines, TV, everywhere you go, you're going to see some Coca-Cola marketing, right? Yep. That's how you have to, now they have a bajillion, billion, skrillillion dollars to do their marketing, but the point I'm making is anything that you market to people is going to be successful because that's how marketing works. Yep. That's the point of it. And that's why with these marketers too, don't be fooled. A lot of people um, are paid to market. That's and what I mean is, I'm not talking about just a marketing director. I'm talking about a lot of audiences are compensated, mm. um, things like that. Even we talked about it before in the music industry. Um, these record labels will like buy like a quarter or a third of the records. They have been doing that. Back in the days when we had record shops, they would buy like a third or a quarter of the stock in the record shops. And then that goes through the scan machine. So then that counts as purchasing the record. You get it? It makes other people purchase it. Well, no, it gets the numbers up. Okay. So then they can say, they could claim ah. that, um, that like X we- amount of people bought the record and it'd be true because... They would say, no, they would say they had X amount of sales. Gotcha. X amount like of records sold. Gotcha. That would technically be true. But then what they would do is turn around and, and claim loss on their taxes. <laughs> For real though. And so these are parts of industry that are hidden, right, from us. And then they tell us, you know, these narratives of like, this is successful or this is unsuccessful. Let me tell you something. As much women's empowerment post Me Too and all, well, I shouldn't say post Me Too, but. I know what you mean. Like where we are right now, post our Kelly, you know, like all post Bill Cosby, like all this point where we are right now. You mean to tell me it's not hundreds of thousands of people, not just women, people. That want to see the WNBA. Even Piper, you literally hit it on, hit it right on on it. It's it's lazy marketing and people who are disconnected from women in general. Mm-hmm. Because if you are connected to a woman, you will understand that she cannot be a sit. Uh, you you. I'm not saying sell sex by any means. Let me throw that out there. But the <laughs> way that you market a woman is a little bit different than the way that you market a man. 
You can't use this to me the same formula. You know more than me of what I'm saying because you are from an industry. But I think that there's brainstorming that should go on for men and brainstorming that should go for women, especially when it's women that are doing a sport that is based off a man's world. Does that I mean, make I, I think also, too, what it is is that, you know, um, okay, if you say, well, the palace is 20,000 people. Yeah. Right? Um, shoot, the Pistons are struggling to sell 20,000 tickets, right? How, they, how are the Pistons going to sell 20,000 tickets? Like you said, they're going to have to win. If the basketball season or when basketball season comes back around if them pistons ain't winning ain't gonna be no butts in them seats right and then they're gonna have to start having halftime shows with like you know uh who knows yg <laughs> or you understand what i'm saying they're gonna have to start having like halftime show they're gonna be like oh yeah um our halftime show, we're going to have Eminem. You feel me? Well, maybe Eminem's too big, but they, I'm just saying, like, they're going to have to have some, like, they're going to have to pay some real money in halftime because before, when they were at the palace, they could get, like, you know, get some of them little white kids from Macomb County that was, uh, you know, reading in a spelling bee. And then, you know, they go up at halftime. A, B, C, D. And everybody be like, ha. <laughs> and then they might get like, this is Mrs. Crabtree. She was one teacher of the year. And then they put her face up on the big telethon and people be like, whoa. But for to sell 20,000 seats, that ain't going to cut it. They're going to have to get, they're going to have to pay Solange to DJ, they're going to have to, you know what I'm saying, for the halftime show, they're going to have to have... It's a some, great idea. They're going to have to start doing, getting, like... Guest D. Yeah, it's a good idea. You understand what I'm saying? Stuff for the stuff for the halftime show and make people buy a ticket. Because how much... Are the, you said your tickets were 100 Dude, I'm trying to tell you, Piper, there's no way... But that was a playoff ticket. That's what I'm telling you. Did, did Had you not, gone during the season? I've gone during... So listen. How much are the regular right. seats so, in the season? So, okay... Without food. <laughs> if you want to sit and, and you want decent seats. What's a decent seat? A decent seat is lower level. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how high up is that? Or okay, low? so I was row three. Oh, okay, okay. That's but I was, but, so they do. That's on the ground. They base the tickets though based off the view, right? They, they, right, they right, put right. a value to it. But yeah. for me as a true basketball fan mm-hmm. and knowing the arena a little bit. Just, yeah. There is no bad seat if you're sitting in a lower level. Like you get you there's there's certain pros with certain angles. But okay. if you are a type of person who's like fuck, forget that. You mm-hmm. know, I want to see the game the best ability. Like I'm at home watching the TV. You want to sit in the center. So no matter what market you're in, yeah. if you're sitting in the center and mm-hmm. the lower, those mm-hmm. tickets are like two or three hundred dollars a piece. Okay. Tops. No, that's a who, regular. That's regular. Okay. Because it's that's a value that's considered a valuable spot. Okay. Behind the, the behind the basket is the most underrated seat uh-huh. because it's it's it, it is looked at as behind you know what I'm saying by, oh, you're the by, action. yeah but really if you are if if the Pistons are coming down the court and that means if you're behind the basket but, it, but you're you sitting on to, top of cameras no because uh, I've seen a lot of cameras from that angle I love that I like to see 
I don't. It's I can see the game clear as day from mm-hmm. the from the bat. Mm-hmm. Like I'll show you pictures. Like, but you get to see the play. To me, you get to see the play as a basketball player develop under when you're sitting underneath. This is true. The basket. Yeah. So it's all about how you perceive the game. If you yeah, ask yeah, me. Yeah. But the point I'm making is is. The seats, like I told you, the seats that if we were in a bigger market or a team that was winning, the mm-hmm. seats that I sat in, they were I think fifty bucks a piece, something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Those tickets for play a playoff team in a bigger market like Detroit, those tickets should have been like at least a hundred dollars a piece, at least. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would have even paid two hundred dollars for those mm-hmm. a piece mm-hmm. for those tickets. So, I mean, the reality is too is that it. What you know, it's funny. You can just really observe when you look at certain things. You can make so many observations. So I get it, like how people think. Like, okay, it's game four. They're down in a series zero three. They're not gonna win this. If they, even if they win this game, they're not gonna win this series. Why would I pay to see the Pistons? So it's about the way people think. So I'm saying that if when you are marketing, you have to know how people think so you can overcome that hurdle. Mm-hmm. And I think low key, the Pistons are willing to, are smart. I think actually mm-hmm. they're smart, but they could they can still get better on how they market a couple things. Like mm-hmm. you said, maybe the DJ uh, artist, but they're smart. They will lose money. They will give tickets away just to fill the stadium up because if, it, if you look on TV and you see an empty stadium, that's not going to make you want to go to the game. That don't yeah, look, but that you don't know, look fun. They, what they probably need to do is get Big Sean... To do a talent contest during halftime. That's an amazing idea, Piper. God, you know? they're going to hire you. <laughs> Dude, that is so effing amazing. Have Big Sean do a talent contest it's, during it's, halftime. It's honestly... And, and it, you would have had a pre... You had to buy a ticket. Yep. You would have had a pre-register. And you have to be present to win. That you is... Can't, you can't... You know what I'm saying? You had to be present to win. It's an amazing idea. Yeah. But... I Stuff say, like that. It's, but the WNBA, I, I wish there used to be a dream of mine to market for them. And that I don't know where that dream went. Mm-hmm. But I can just, I'm not, uh, I never have worked in a job where I have to use my degree in marketing, mm-hmm. where I'm truly hands-on doing marketing, doing advertising. Do marketing for me. <laughs> you I'll do anything you need, Pipe. But, um, but I'm just, I just feel like, for real, for real, I feel like, the WNBA was like an experiment. True. And I feel like they invested whatever they're going to invest into it back then. Mm. And I feel like they done. And they like, okay, well, this didn't, the birdie didn't take off on its own and fly. But literally, you have all these years, these decades to like make up for. Because like all the negative press was like, nobody wants to see those women. Those women shouldn't be getting paid you know um shouldn't be you know like playing pro basketball it was all this like negativity but i feel like for real for real if some marketing team or whatever was to like revamp the wnba marketing you know strategic plan then yeah you'd have essence magazine for harriet like there's all these places now where i feel like that would be, you know, it's so much. Even Afropunk, I feel like there'd be so many places, you know, complex. There'd be so many places, right? Even Joe Budden would be talking smack. Um, I just feel like it, it, it could get a like. It needs a resurgence it of does. marketing at this point. A hundred percent. Like you said, I never. I used to always wonder why does the marketing 
why is it not as developed or thought thought of like um, the NBA or any other type of industry or league that and you had too many men. It was yeah. too many men involved in all the the entire process of the WNBA. There was more men involved in the WNBA, and the it was like women were basically the players. Yeah, but for the most part, all the behind the scenes, everything was like men. They, I, I think they had a couple women coaches. They but had, even they, they had, had quite a few. They got quite. But a few they coaches. had mostly men coaching. Men, I think men all up men, the WNBA. men making too many decisions for women. So many decisions. I mean, the camera angles. You can't use the same camera angles that you would use for seven feet men. You can't. <laughs> Why are you using the same camera angle? Like mm-hmm. you have women aren't doing the same athletic things as and, men. Well, that was the other thing too. Is people were like, oh, Yo. they can't dunk. Oh, use they, a different they, camera angle. They can't. They can't do this. They can't do that. But yeah, like, isn't what way are I, the interesting parts? What is, are the cool things? Like, what is visually, you know? Yeah, get her shooting a three. Get like, make it a virtual thing. Like, figure something. There's so many cool camera things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so it's unlimited, and it doesn't. I mean, cost and that- also too in the off season, right? Like, they need to be in these shows. In their off season. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And also to get in these commercials because, mm-hmm. you know, getting endorsements. Yeah. Um, uh, but a lot of women and men play overseas. That's So that's the... That, overseas market is like huge. Unfortunately, that these women who, like you were just saying about on the other, the flip side with the men, like mm-hmm. a lot of people forget for the women, these women have had the same path as these men. Like all they've done is play basketball their whole life. Right. Their whole college experience is mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. They were in scholarships. Yeah. yeah. Everything is basketball. Mm-hmm. So they, it's unfortunate that they, their whole life has been basketball, but then they make less money than a person who's doing plumbing. Like mm-hmm. it, and it, it is ridiculous. So then they're forced to go overseas, not to be rich, but to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. This, they're, if, they're, if you're making $56,000, like, and you are living this in, in, the, in a lifestyle, you're going to want to, you're, you're up, you're, so you're making 56000 but because of what you do, you're in a lifestyle, Right. So you, there's going to be some want of you to be like, okay, at $56,000, you can't even give back to your community. You can't do what if you don't have the resources, if, you don't, if you're not wired to think that way, you're mm-hmm, an athlete, mm-hmm. you can't even use your money to make an impression. You well, have to, I'll say And this. I don't want to set that narrative, but you have to know but what But this is what I'll say. I'll say, you know, they can do endorsements. They can do, because, you know, you can get your money from your endorsements. They could do endorsements. But they're using, do people want them to do the endorsements, So right? a lot of them do endorsements. Like, shout out to Candace Parker. She's, they finally got a woman after all these years to be, like, on a stage with, like, Shaq. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, she's on there with them now. And, like, she has a great aura. But then, you know, it's, I think it's going to take some getting used to. Because women, even in those settings where they're, like, they're representing the WNBA, they're there, they're on the spotlight, and it gives that, that marketing attention you're talking that gives them the people touches, mm-hmm. it's still awkward. It's still, like, how it's always forever been, like, okay, the woman's talking, let's really, really listen. And then mm-hmm. when she's done, we're going to change the subject. Mm. 
Like, so imagine being a woman and you're having a conversation with men about stuff they're talking about and then you talk and then they all listen. So like, they're like all listening to what you say. And then when you get done talking, they're like, oh yeah, great point. And then now let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like she, you're not even putting her in the conversation. Like you're letting her talk and then you're like, okay, yeah. Um, so it's still Cause like- Cause they don't want to look like a jerk arguing with a woman. Maybe I'll be nice and say that's what it is. But the point I'm making is, is that they, there are some things that now that they're trying to test and do and put women with the men. And, um, but the point I was making about the 56, there's nothing wrong with making $56,000 at all. Like the, the point I'm making is, is that you have an industry where these women are entertainers and their counterparts that are men are not even making $200,000. The lowest rookie contract is over a million dollars. No endorsements. Oh, yeah. On the bench. Not playing. Not playing. And they have to go overseas. So they can't even, and they have to be methodical about everything they do. Mm -hmm. They want to get back to the community. They got to be methodical. They want to raise a family. They got to be methodical. Because they got to be overseas half half the year. Yep. But if you love the game, and that's your life... That, the, the being overseas isn't so bad, but I think, you know, if you're a marketer, please reach out to the WNBA. <laughs> Get them some endorsements. Yeah, I talked way too long about basketball. I'm sorry. It's all good. I mean, that's our show, you know, but, but it was a good basketball conversation. We wasn't just talking trite. It wasn't like we were, you know, no offense, like trying to copy some sports show no, we and then weren't. go back and forth like, oh, oh, oh Chuck. <laughs> Piper, you suck. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we had a very authentic, you know, basketball conversation. And I love basketball too. I mean, I am not a basketball player. I'm definitely more just like a spectator. You would be so fun to go to a game with. We should go to more, we should go to a game next year. Oh my god, I'll be talking so much junk at the game. We should, you're such a New Yorker. I'm such a <laughs> t- talker yeah. yeah i'll be at the game i'll be talking so much you know oh um before we go yes um few things i'm getting ready to go to boston boston i'll be there until monday so it's, it's uh, technically i'm gonna be like right outside of boston okay. i think it's called charlton okay massachusetts and i'm going for a um grassroots fundraising training so i'll let you know about that i'm excited yeah, I'm excited too. This is a this is a learning trip, correct? Well, educational yeah. trip. So yeah, and Grassroots International, which is the group that I went that invited me to Brazil, um, I asked to stay engaged to continue being able to support the folks that we met because I was like, man, we got we met these folks and they just touched our lives and like we're just gonna leave and they were like well you want to join our donor engagement group and so um the donor engagement group basically raises money for all the work that's done to support you know the the people that we met so there's brazil um they've you know got folks in haiti palestine shout out to haiti um mozambique um honduras so like um, all over the world, Puerto Rico, uh, you know, they, they have people and, you know, Nicaragua, El Salvador. And so, um, the monies that we raise, 
will be used to support, you know, the folks on the ground and like further trips and things like that. And so um, there's multiple levels to this work. Um, you know, they get grants and things, but a lot of their um, funding comes from just people with money that are donors who decided that they want to prioritize um, this work or that this work is a priority. And something that's super interesting is that um, the way that they do the donor engagement group is that they have these really rich people <laughs> that just give money. And then people like myself who could kind of help them get some perspective on how to help poor folks. <laughs> like more, more or less, that's what I'll say. So yeah, so I'll be in Boston and then I'll be back and then I'll be working on a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Um, what are, what are you going to do this week or this weekend or whatever? What am I going to do this weekend? Uh, well, you're going to go do the pizza thing, right? You're going to go make some pizza. So I work, yeah, I work at the pizzeria on Saturday. I need to make my invitations for the, the taste party for in July. Yeah. Oh, you know when it is? July 28th. The 28th. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Wait, where is it? It's going to be in, uh, St. Clair Shore. It's going to be kind of far. Oh my God. Uh, the only reason I'm saying because there's going to be this big conference that's coming to Kobo. That same weekend? I believe. No, no. 25th and 26th is the big conference. I really need you there because I need you to be like, Brittany. You're going you're gonna to make some pizza? No, I need you to tell me. Want me to serve think? people at the no, table? No, I need what? your your opinion is so valuable. Oh. Like, it's like. But you know, I got like 20 years restaurant experience. I can serve people. If you want me I to. I want you to taste the food and be Piper Carter. I'm eating all the pizza. I'm all the vegan pizzas. I'm eating I got them. you. What um, you going you gonna to have like a crust made out of zucchini? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No? No. Well, we'll see. We got some stuff some stuff up my sleeve. Yeah, some, some cool okay, stuff. Okay, okay. You got your recipes um, popping. So, yeah. So, I'm going to make take time to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I need some some Britney time as far as like. Hey. Um. Just be in the pool, relaxing with your feet up, drinking lemonade. No, but like, uh, like my get my workout routine back. Like me too, bas- girl. Basically, off my Achilles, start mm. really, really putting a lot. How of, is that? It's fine, but I can't. I'm a runner, and like mm. I don't want to. Like I'm was clear to start doing like real athletic things in March, mm. but mm. I haven't been like doing my stretches. So you just gotta and, take it easy. Yeah. Why don't you just yeah start with stretching and just yep. stretch for a minute. What about walking? Have you got a lot of walking in? So I need to start. And I bought rollerblades, so I'm really Girl. excited about that. No, that's good. Are you at the gym? Are you at a gym? Um, I have I go to Wayne State. Oh, right, right there. Okay. That's what's up. So I gotta get that to some so They I got a pool? They don't, I don't think. Yes, they do. You I need to get in the pool. That's what yeah. you need to swim. Okay. Swimming like swimming is the best. All right, I'm gonna swim. Because you're not on your joints, you're stretching. You get your cardio in. Yeah. You do anything. Swimming is it. Watch. I'm about to. I just got to get me a new swimsuit. And <laughs> a new swim cap and some swim feet. <laughs> For the public pool. You but, know, you got to get all that. Wait, I, know, I know you're past your... East Coast pizza days, but please eat a good slice of pizza in Boston for me if you can. Maybe, because the thing is, where we'll be, they'll be like cooking all our food for us. Oh, God. You know, everywhere I go, they be, everything we do well, is Well, if you got an hour or something before... They- but I'm not going to be like in the city. I'm going to be like in Charlton. I don't, I don't even know what Charlton is, like, but it seems as though I'm going to be a little bit like outside the city. Okay. 
and for it to be a retreat because it's a retreat. Okay, I got you. It's different. It's a different vibe. I got mm-hmm, you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm with it. However, I think we should go on a pizza tour. Let's. Do you not know who you're talking to? I've created pizza three pizza tours. Really? One in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I did one in Naples, okay. Italy, and I've done one here. Oh, look at you. But, and not with one with Piper Carter. That's different. Okay, I'll go on your pizza tour. Where do you want to go on a pizza tour? Um, well, I would take you to my pizza places in New York City. I would love to do that. that That's the so only fun. place I like pizza. <laughs> Let's do it. The only place in Detroit, I'm going to be honest with you, whose pizza, I'm like, yeah. That's the Sapinos pizza. Downtown. Shout out to Sapinos. They, they, it's more like New York. It is. Even though it's not New York. It's the, it's, it don't is, get excited. It is the closest. It's the closest thing. On a good day. But they don't have a grease right. It's it's a lot of <laughs> it's a, it's bougie it's bougie New York. Piece. You gotta have a you need the grease needs to be right. <laughs> gotta do that fold. It's gotta have that taste, the fold, the size, the cheese, <gasps> the crispy bottom, the sauce. It's gotta have the right amount of sauce on it. It's perfect. New York is perfectly mm-hmm. balanced. And I love mushrooms on my pizza. I do too. Do you like Peppers, basil? Onions. Do you like basil? I like basil. Mushroom basil. I like mushroom basil. Tomatoes, mm. peppers, onions, pineapple. Sounds delicious. Um, Detroit is a pizza city. That's what I'm told. It is. And people do eat a lot of pizza here, don't they? Oh, my God. I mean, But every... people eat that big, nasty, Chicago, Think... thick, square pizza. No, that's the type of pizza that I'm going to... That, that That's going to be my bread and butter, no pun intended. No, like, because everybody here love that kind of pizza. Because it's airy. It's so... It's like, it's basically... Girl, if you make you a New York greasy style pizza, I'm doing just... that, too. Okay. I'm doing both. I'm doing best of my favorite. Those are my favorite pieces, New York and Detroit. But All right. The Detroit style pizza is based off a of course kind of New York Chicago. style. No, nah, it's New York area where they call it the grandma pizza. Like, I'm sure it's your favorite pizza places in New York. Like, you probably skipped over They can over just it. call it deep dish. Yeah, grandma's or Sicilian. Yeah, know. it's always, it's Sicilian. Those yeah. are called Sicilian. That's basically what the Detroit style pizza is. But the story goes that Ford didn't know what to use with these pans. So, a uh, baker used these, uh, these like industrial pans to put the pizza dough in it and Voila, here comes Detroit-style pizza. No. They got it from Chicago. <laughs> and it's a Sicilian. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a Sicilian. It's delicious. And, and Or Chicago-style. So now, y'all could call that Detroit-style if y'all is, want to. It is truly Detroit because, one, it's the pan. It's the sauce atop. It, it's a whole science. Don't, don't get me started. All right. But I will... You going to have hot sauce pizza? No. What? <laughs> I got had a soul food hot sauce pizza. <laughs> Hyper. Ah, <laughs> Detroit, Detroit sauce pizza. Buffalo sauce pizza. You about to make me <laughs> <laughs> try my buffalo soul Detroit style pizza. Right, they be having that at like uh, Happy's and all that. It was something else I wanted to tell you about uh, pizza. Dang, it slipped my mind. I don't know if it was about New York or Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Think about it. Little Caesars, Domino's. Hungry Howie's, Happy Jets Pizza, mm-hmm. Papa's Pizzas, Happy's Pizza. Mm-hmm. The first four I named are like huge chains nationally. Like now, what's your pizza place name? I don't have a name yet. Brittany's Pizza. No, not yet. Not yet. I, I it'll come to me. Uh, come what about yet. Black Girl Pizza? <laughs> God, that'll be the way to get money from everybody. I ain't eating that pizza. That's black girl pizza. <laughs> Shoot, everybody I'm going to partake in this capitalist everybody society. Everybody wants black girls to have something nowadays. No, no, I'm going to hook it up. Don't you worry. What about coffee? 
<laughs> you are hilarious. Mocha pizza. Mocha pizza. Mm-hmm. But there is a. So uh, that's part of the reason of the taste party is is to do stuff like that to like have these help like people come up with a name. No, not typer. The concepts of like little things like just to get suggestions and mindsets mm-hmm. like of like names, marketing stuff, but then also like the menu, the menu like. Do what do you think about this? It'll be it's an, it's going to be a very engaged event where yeah. it's small. I think the best thing to do is ask people what they think and then don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye, just was. kidding, just kidding. Kanye, I want the validation, but I don't need your validation. Right, <laughs> hilarious. So then, so then, once your pizza place is launched, yeah. is this a mobile? pizza thing or are you going to be brick and mortar or how I really it- want to be and I think there's still a market for it um we can talk uh I don't want to give everybody everything but I believe in true brick and mortar in the if you build they will come if okay. it's done the right way that's why I've taken so All long all the way in Sterling Heights I no, guess no, no, so no 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 oh. no this is that's just for the taste party the okay. dude is letting me but do how it you going to get people so you only have this, a certain people this, at yeah, the party this is like this is just a small mm-hmm. tiny Well yeah, I group. told you my uncle lives out there Mm-mm, you tell me that. Yeah, you my know that. Lives out there. Like twenty five people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They like, coming for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, need a ride. I got you. <laughs> you gotta be there. I'll be there. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, this was great. We had it. This was refreshing and different. Yeah, it was kind of community. Basketball is community. Yeah. We. T- That's we a basketball it. community. We had we, a good conversation. Women empowerment. Yeah. And um, you know, you gotta let us know how Boston is. Boston. I'll let y'all know. Boston. I'll let y'all know. <laughs> Uh, when I get back and 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 you know, uh, the grassroots fundraising tips that I learn and need that and, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we can grow. So this was wonderful. So thank you, Brittany, for the wonderful topics. You know that you've been coming up with is really you know really refreshing. I can't wait to get into this reparation conversation. Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait to get into we'll this to start presidential having elections. Yes. We're going to have to have like way more reparations. With Let's do it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna work that out. We're going to get it going. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have been listening to the Piper Carter podcast with my co-host, Brittany March. And uh, how can people get in contact with you, Brittany? Um, Brittany at Detroit is different. Okay. And people can get in contact with me with Piper at Detroit is different. And you can listen to the show on any of your favorite podcast outlets as well as our website uh, DetroitIsDifferent.net and you can listen to all of the other shows on Detroit Is Different. So we look forward to spending our time with you the next time and let folks know to listen to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit Is Different. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Fresh clean, I'm such a lady with it. All about my bad round trips. I got the city limit. Got these chickens, man, pop tags. You wishing you could get it? Pete out, I'm known to make the crowd jump. I'm always on my chill. I can give you what you want. I'm on the red eye. From the D to the Bronx, double back to the A, getting paid no front.
snacks But when I unleash these bars and I distribute in that crack I show a little baddie selling snacks, a price snack I keep my turn down I'm the type to bring it right back